Uh, welcome to today's podcast. Rick and I, we're going to be uh, talking about the AA, or reading out of the AA Big Book. So let's go ahead and pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Well, uh, thank you very much for coming in here. I hope you have a great weekend, um, fabulous weekend at that. Because God does for us what we can do for ourselves. So we're going to have a short segment today. And before we get started, let's go ahead and say the um, set-aside prayer, please. God, I set aside everything I think I know about you, about myself, my fellow man, and this program for a fresh new revelation in you, in this program, in my fellow man, and myself for your glory and to help you in your work. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go to page 86. We're going to do a quick one today, a quickie. Okay, no problem. Uh, Page 86, please, because it is Friday. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking especially asking to be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear of wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes the working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption and all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will be, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. We include this period of meditation with a prayer that we've shown throughout the day what our next step is to be. We're given whatever we need to take care of such problems, especially as for freedom of self-will and are careful to make no request for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, but how others, if others are to be helped, we are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that. It doesn't work. It really to see why. If circumstances warrant it, we ask our wives and friends to join us in morning meditation. We belong to a religious domination which requires definite morning devotion. <clears throat> we attend that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes... Select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions of these may be obtained by one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they have to offer. Amen. Hey, Mark. Welcome. Hey. Good morning. All right. We're on page 87. If circumstance warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination, which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers, which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. Go ahead, Mark. You're on what page right now? 88 or 87, the bottom of 87. The very bottom of 87. Okay, make use of what they have to offer, okay. As we go throughout the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we're no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, I will be done. We are then much in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. 
become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily. We are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange our lives to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. Okay, let's go, just... let's go to page 25 now. There is a solution. What page? 25. 25. 25. Where it says, <clears throat> there is a solution. We're going to jump around a little bit. Uh, we're having a... We're gleaming all the good stuff out of here. <clears throat> there is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires for a successful consummation. But we saw what it really, it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it. Therefore, when we were approached by those in whom the problem had been licked, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we have not even dreamed. Pass. Dream path existence is nothing less. And we've had a deep, effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards God's, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. The essential factor of our lives today is the absolute certainty that we are, that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. As we commence and accomplish those things for, uh, for us which we could never do for, our, for by ourselves. If you're seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe that there's no middle world solution. There were a position where life was becoming impossible, and if we had to pass through a region which there is no return to the human age, we had but two alternatives. One is to go to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of the intolerable situation the best as we could, and the other was to accept spiritual health. This we did because we honestly wanted to and we were willing to make the effort. Amen. Uh, bottom of page 62, Mark. Okay. 62? Yeah, 62. Bottom of 62. This, this is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit planning God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in the drama of life, God was going to be our director. He was the principal. We are his agent. Here is the, he is the father and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant art through which we pass to freedom. Keep going. Keep breathing. Yeah. One more paragraph. Okay. Yeah. When we secure, sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer being all-powerful. He provided what we needed and we kept close to him and performed his work well. That was on the footing we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. And we felt new power flow in. We enjoyed peace of mind as we discovered we could face life successfully. As we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter we were reborn. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and the way of life. May I do thy will. Always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure that we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Page 76, Rick. 76. 76, please. When ready, we say something like this, my creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove me from every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grab me the strength as I go out there and do your bidding. Amen. As, as uh, we have now accomplished it, so. Amen. Now, page 100, Mark, both you and the new man. Okay. 100. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. 
deeper this remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things in which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could plan. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances. Amen. Amen. Page 83. 83. 83. 83. Bottom of 83. Go ahead, Rick. If you're thinking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not forget the past or shut the door on it. We will comprehend the, the word serenity. And we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have got. We will see how far, how our experiences can benefit others. And the feeling of usefulness and self-pity will disappear. As we lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our foes, self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations when used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but they always materialize. We work for them. Work, work, work. Page 85, Mark. It, well, it is easy. Okay. It is easy to let up on a spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for the alcoholic is a subtle flow. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve from alcoholism. But, uh, what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent upon the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly and exercise our willpower along this line. All we wish is the proper will. Very good. Go ahead. Uh, much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have be begun to sense the flow of His Spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense. But we, we must go further, and that means more action. All right, page 43. Take us home, Rick. 43. Once more, the alcohol of certain times has no effect on his mental defense against first strength. Except for fewer occasions, neither nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. Dean, beautiful, wonderful words of life. Thank you, guys, for coming in here today. We have a short session today because uh, it's the week. It's the weekend, and uh, let's go ahead and finish off. We'll see you again the next session. Monday. Monday, and don't forget, today's pancake days at the park, Mark. Right, pancakes. Do you have butter? No. Uh, can you bring some, please? I'll, I'll bring some, yes. That's All right. Important. Let's go ahead and pray All out right. with the Our Father, please. Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, honor as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily drinking, and forgive us our trespasses. And we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming in. Appreciate
our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these except extravagant promises? We think, we think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Now, after a moment of silence for the alcoholic, still suffers in and out of these rooms, and the innocent children caught in the crossfire, please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Whose Father? Our Father. 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 I, 
you know, maybe that's just, uh, you know, the boy whistling in the dark. I don't know, but, <laughs> but you know, it's true. Um, you know, and for me, this was, um, you know, I married my high school sweetheart. Uh, and what I had tried to do toward the latter part of my drinking career was uh, I had become periodic. And the reason I had become periodic is because I wanted to be a husband. I wanted to be a father to my two kids. I wanted to be a good employee. I wanted to be a uh, civic-minded person, you know, a normal person that goes to the market and buys things and is pleasant to people. But my problem was I was either intoxicated or I was trying to get better. I was trying to feel better. And uh, there were a number of things in my life that should have been very, very special, and they just weren't. Um, you know, like college graduation, marriage, birth of two children, buying my first home. All of those things should have been very special, and I was preoccupied. I was never really fully present. And, um, you know, uh, the book talks about episodes, so I'll touch on a couple of those. When I was 20, I crashed into a police car and quit losing and alcohol. And, uh, you know, how was I supposed to know he's going to stop at the stop sign? You know, <laughs> you know and my, my then high school sweetheart was with me. I was 20, though. We were out of high school then. And uh, she stashed the beer, but I was on Quaaludes, and I gave a breath test, and it didn't read right because I could barely stand up, and I gave him a blood test. And uh, bottom line is the district attorney rejected the case. I don't know why. And, uh, and I went to my first meeting, and I didn't understand anything. I didn't under, you know, they started reading Chapter 5. Chapter 5 of what? You know, <laughs> Chapter 5, Chapter 3, you know, I had no idea what any of that was about. So that's why when I said, you know, that's how it works, and obviously that's how it works, but I had no idea. And the other thing is the alcohol was still working when I was 20. And so I went to that first meeting. District attorney rejected the case. I, you know, I got 10 minutes. I eventually married my high school sweetheart. I can't begin to tell you what I dragged her through. Um, blackout drinker, you know, all of the above. And then we fast forward to my uh, another 502 I got on the 210 freeway across from the Miller Brewery. And these are the highlights. And, um, you know, a CHP officer comes up to the window and he says, Hey, uh, you know, where are you going? And, you know, when I'm drinking, there aren't any rules. You know, I, there's nothing to encumber me. And I said, I'm going to the morgue. And that's not a response that you want to give a police officer on a dark, hot, you know, it was dark back then. That 210 stretch right there was dark. And, um, you know, they took a step back and, you know, I tried to convince them I was a good guy. And it's really hard to convince people you're a good person when you're drunk. <laughs> you know, it really is. And uh, so anyway, I got that, that one stuck. And, um, from that moment on, and I, there's a bunch of stuff I could tell you about, but from that moment on, I decided, I marked the calendar. I remember I marked the calendar. I said, I am never drinking again. And I didn't go to any meetings, although I was required to. And um, I stayed, uh, I want to call it dry. I won't call it sober. I, want, I stayed dry for a year on my own. And I got to tell you, that's when I learned about Alcoholics Anonymous. Because... That was by far the worst year of my life. You know, you take away an alcoholic's medicine, I mean, that was my spirituality. That was how I functioned. That's how I, that was the social lubricant. That was, um, um, you know, uh, how I functioned, I guess. Um, and I wasn't an around-the-clock drinker, you know. Like I told you, I was periodic. But that during that year, and here was the mental twist, my, my uh, brother-in-law said, hey, I gotta go down to La Paz, Mexico. You wanna go? And um, I, you know what, I didn't know it at the time, but from that moment on, I knew I was going down there to drink. And I just, we had just had our first son, and I crossed the border, got down, halfway down the Baja Peninsula, and we were at like one of those white sandy beaches with a, with a, you know, one of those straw hut bars or whatever, and here comes the mental twist. Who is going to know and what is this going to hurt? And that was the mental twist. And I told you about the mental twist. When that mental twist comes, it's like a tsunami. And uh, I, you know, spent the entire week down there drunk, came home, 
pulled in the driveway, my wife took one look at me with a baby on her hip and knew immediately, didn't have to say a word, knew immediately what had happened. And so, anyway, got sober, eventually um, became suicidal. Physically, I could have probably drank for a number of years. I believe that to be true. Uh, but mentally, uh, emotionally, and above all, spiritually, I was done. And uh, went to my first meeting. And everybody I bumped into told me, you know, you got to go to the 615 Attitude Adjustment. And I said, no, I don't have to go to the Attitude Adjustment. <laughs> that was the meeting my dad started, and he was number one on my resentment list. And, uh, but long story short, because I have 10 minutes, probably got him two minutes now. Um, that's where I got sober. That's where I, I, I got a sponsor. My sponsor told me, um, I told you he didn't give me much direction, but he did tell me to call him every day. I call him every day. And um, he told me, he said, look, I want you to call me every day. I want you to tell me what, what happened during the day. And one of those days, I did not have a good report for him. And we're on the phone. I remember I would just dreaded telling him what had happened that day. And I uh, said, you didn't drink, right? And I said, no. Um, but I did this and this and this. And he said, uh, well, that's not very spiritual. But he told me these words. You're going to have to go where your character defects take you. And I started to realize that I was going to have to face the real me to be able to do this thing. And um, that's the great gift, I think, that that sobriety has given me is that despite all of my shortcomings, despite all of my character defects, despite the fact that I'm not a perfect person, I've been able to accept me and uh, try to have God uh, remove some of those things. But they crop up every once in a while. But I'm no longer, and you know, through inventorying the whole process, I'm no longer... Uh, I'm no longer going throughout the day beating up myself. I'm going out throughout the day and I'm trying to see if I can make someone's day better. And they don't necessarily have to be in the program. Most of the people I bump into today are not in the program. Um, and uh, it's amazing. We, especially this day and age, you know, we're afraid of each other. You know, we're told constantly that uh, we hate each other. And I, I don't know about you, but the people I run into are pretty damn nice people most of the time and it's amazing now I don't know if some of that has to do with maybe my reflection on them maybe I'm more positive or I don't know but all I got to tell you is 95% uh, of the people I run into are pretty decent folk and so I'm no longer afraid of you I'm no longer afraid of people um, I, I really, uh, I had this talk with somebody else the other day who's dreading the upcoming election. And I said, I really believe that most human beings are pretty decent people. Um, really, to the core, you know, I think they're honest, hardworking people, most. So maybe I'm naive, but uh, I want to tell you a little bit before I bring Marcos up here. So I go to that morning meeting, and uh, I, I came to the program really super cynical. I mean, if there were, if there were, uh, sober livings back then, I don't think I'd have ever gone to AA because I always, I just figured everybody was working an angle because that's the way I lived. And uh, so I go to that morning meeting and I I look at the back of the room. We were in the Al-Anon room then at the 502 and um, uh, Dale remembers. <laughs> and I see uh, Marcos in the back and he's got one of these neck braces, right? <laughs> and I, the first thought that came to my mind is, uh, here's another alcoholic that doesn't want to work for a living. <laughs> and we always laugh about that, but honest to God, that's the way I thought. I mean, I just had you pegged, you know. And then it turns out he became, a, you know, a super good friend of mine. And it turns out that he's one of the hardest working guys I know. He works for Frito-Lay. He gets up at like 3 a.m. Um, he'll call me at like 7 a.m. He goes, no, I've been working four hours already. <laughs> so uh, anyway, great guy. I've, I've been I've been wrong about people uh, more in A than any other place. I think really because um, I like to take inventory, but that's just me. But but anyway, uh, without further ado, I want to uh, welcome Marcos up here and uh, 
today's podcast. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. My pleasure to bring you today a reading from the AA Grapevine. Honor where honor is due. Please get your subscription, aagrapevine.org. I'm going to get one in Spanish. I usually get one in Spanish and English. They ask me, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for your birthday, Fernando? And I was constantly bombarding them. I want my subscriptions. And I have some that are still in the original envelope. And who doesn't, huh? All right, today I'm going to be reading from June 2019 about letting go of resentments, the article is. More being revealed. The step is step six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Turning it over. Let's go ahead and pray the seven-step prayer, please. My creator, I am now willing that he should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength to go out from here and do your bidding. Amen. All right. This article comes to us from the city of Annapolis, Annapolis, MD. MD. Minnesota? No? Missouri? (laughs) Oh, man, I'm messing up my podcast here. All right, more being revealed. As the summer leaves fall, a member reflects on the changes that come with sunshine. All right, we're going to need some background music for this one. I've got some uh, fall ambience. Let me see if you can hear that. Well, that'll do. That's an ambience for us. We recently started to go through a change of season from fall into winter. And of course, this means that I have had to put my shorts and sandals away for another year. It is a sad time, or is it? Our steps say that it isn't. How is that possible? I'm very fortunate to be able to have some time in the morning to quietly ease into the day. 
While having my coffee, I can look out into our yard and the woods behind our house this fall have been watching the, the leaves fall with some sadness at first. But then I realized that as they fell, I was able to see more of the woods being revealed as the green curtain changed to brown and then finally allowing me to see into the depths of the woods and see some of the trees that had been hidden from view. Not all the leaves fall. Some manage to hang on on long past their use. Sounds familiar? Don't we hang on to things long past their use? One of the trees is a real beautiful and very tall holly. When it first appeared, I couldn't see any of the berries that usually cover it. It dawned on me that the reason I couldn't see them was because they hadn't turned their usual bright red. There is a good explanation for that. They have been living in the shade from all of the other trees. Once the leaves begin to fall, the sun penetrates and is able to find its way through the sh and shine directly on the berries. As they begin to ripen, there is a purpose for these berries. Once they have ripened, they will become important winter food for the migrating birds. Soon there will be hundreds of birds in this tree for days, feasting on the delicious fruit, delicious to them, that is, for the necessary energy to continue their journey. Isn't that what we have to do? Bring our character traits into the sunlight so that God, with our willingness and cooperation, removes the ones that are no longer of any value to us. Some of these may be covering up the traits within us that God has had intended us to use in the first place. Just like the berries, there are things about us that have value and have been covered by others so the sun couldn't shine through. How does this happen for us? First, we must identify all of our character traits, both good and not so good, with the aid of another person and find those things about us that have been the underlying cause of our troubles. This process is critical for us to go through. As I was warned very early in my recovery and it motivated me to continue the process, the same person will drink again. Fortunately, I had a good sponsor who was able to guide me with his experience and encourage me to continue the process. He also encouraged me to listen and learn from the experience of others. He told me that I could find the information I needed by attending step meetings on a regular basis, and I've been doing that ever since. This isn't all that we have to do, because like the holly tree, our character traits are still in the shade, and of course we are still hanging on to them. There is something else that we have to do. We have to become entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. We can't do this by ourselves. Haven't we tried this before and failed before? Some of us have tried to stop doing harmful things over and over and still fail. There was always one more attempt and one more failure. We thought we were failures, but we weren't. We just haven't discovered that we can't do this task alone. Maybe we should learn from nature and learn to let go as hard as it is to do. Unlike the trees, we have help available to us. We don't have to do it myself. There are two steps that we, we can take that will relieve us of those things that have driven us to drink. Step six, ask, ask us a question. Can we live without these defects today? Unlike the tree, our calendar is one day while the tree is 365. We can do almost anything for one day, but 365? If we can answer yes, then as in step seven, we can ask God to remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellow members. Did you notice that part of our request includes a daily plan? Our job is to be useful, just like the tree. Once the berries have ripened, it provides necessary food for the birds. Once our defects have been removed for today, our remaining qualities allow us to be useful and to be productive contributors to our community. We shouldn't be too excited about a word and remove. It doesn't mean obliterate 
These defects have a habit of sneaking back into our lives when we least expect them. Just like the leaves, they will reappear in the spring and the cycle will start all over again. Luckily for us, our cycle is only 24 hours. You might, you might ask yourself, why go through all this trouble? There is a clue that, that our co-founder Bill W. gave us and it can be found in the 12 and 12. It is a spiritual axiom that every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there is something wrong with us. How is that? this a clue? The word is disturbed. The trick is to remain undisturbed. If we can do that, then there is nothing for booze to fix. The process is learning how to let go of these of those things that caused the disturbance in the first place. Just like the trees, if we can let go of those things that are covering our true nature, then we can continue to be useful members of our community and the world around us. Isn't that just what we wanted all along? Morgan J. Annapolis, MD. <laughs> all right, and uh, I'm Fernando. I am an alcoholic. I had some words of wisdom, but they came and went. The rabbits went over the hill and are not coming back. But one of the things that's prevalent in my mind is I have a little three by five card that's turning over. It says, it came out of uh, the, the daily reflection for February the 2nd. It says, you, talking to God, who are so omnipotent, um, make use of this thing or to take care of this situation. It's a prayer to turn things over. And the objective is that as soon as we forget about that thing and have a good time in our daily tasks, then we have engineered the prayer properly. We have put it in our Creator's hands and it's not on ours and we can go about our day. That's the beauty about prayer. There was a story about a man who was a plumber or something. He used to come home and he had some kind of cherry tree in front of his house. And he would come and he would touch each leaf and put all the problems on each leaf before he walked the house. And he said, Creator, I give you this problem. I give you this thing to you to think over tonight. I'll pick them up in the morning when I'm off to work and then we'll see how we resolve them. So that was his prayer. And then in the morning, he'd come down and he'd touch the tree and say a little prayer and go off to work. And there it is. Just learning to turn things over and giving it to God, our creator. A lot of people have a God box. You know, it's best to write things and keep a journal down and then have room for the answer when the answer comes. You, 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 I can put down on, the, on my journal, it says, Lord... God, you could put the name of your, mine is Jesus Christ. I give this email over to you. You who are so omnipotent and strong and powerful. Here, make use of this thing. Amen. You know, I don't know about you, but I honor my God, but my God also likes uh, courage and, and, and assertiveness and, and likes to serve too. He likes to be a servant like we'd like to be a servant. Amen. Okay, let's go ahead and close out with uh, a prayer. What would you like? The uh, seven-step prayer. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. Please remove from me every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength as I go out here to do your bidding. Amen. Amen, family. Keep coming back. Stay. Greetings, family. Two-minute warning. AA thought for the day. We got a kick out of the first few drinks before we got stupefied by alcohol. For a while, the world seems to look brighter. But how about the letdown, the terrible depression that comes the morning after? In AA, we get a real kick, not a false feeling of exhilaration, but a real feeling of satisfaction with ourselves, self-respect, and a feeling of friendliness towards the world. 
We got a sort of a pleasure from drinking. For a while, we thought we were happy. But it's only an illusion. The hangover the next day is the opposite of pleasure. In AA, am I getting real pleasure and serenity and peace? Meditation for today. I will practice love because lack of love will block the way. I will try to see good in all people, those I like and also those who fret me and go against the grain. They are all children of God. I will try to give love. Otherwise, how can I dwell in God's spirit from which nothing unloving can come? I will try to get along with all people because the more love I give away, the more I will have. Prayer for the day. Hmm, interesting, huh? The more love I give away, the more I will have. And it's easy as praying for someone. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may do all I can to love others in spite of their many faults. I pray that as I love, so will I be loved. Amen. Alcoholic Anonymous rocks. And with that, I want to thank you, everyone, for coming on here today. Appreciate, appreciate. I'm going to turn this thing off here, this $1,400 phone. Good morning, family. Let's go ahead and get our meeting started with a moment of silence, followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to be talking about the applying the principle of anonymity in a way we structure our service to others. You know, in our fellowship, we don't have no authoritarian hierarchy. We create individual boards and committees with experience to serve and to govern and to uh, guide the various uh, segments of the groups and the structure. And the primary purpose is the collective experience of our fellowship are held directly accountable for the surface on the on those of us that they serve. The, their various boards and committees are expected to do not to seek power, property, prestige for themselves, but for to safely serve the fellowship that has made their recovery possible. Almost all groups, service boards, and committees will rotate different members through their service positions, rarely asking one individual to serve in a particular position or responsibility more than one or two terms in a row. The practice of rotation emphasizes our fellowship's belief in the value of anonymity in service. Amen. It's a specialty to be of service and to, and to be wholly a servant and a helping care. We do appreciate the care and the experience of the individuals that have come before us. Now it's on our shoulders that we may do the same for the other people that are coming behind us. The, the principle of anonymity in service before the personalities of individual trust servants, what people see is our actions as opposed to our any um, importance of arrogance and self-importance. A principle of anonymity gives form to our public, to other people's views of it in their eyes. You know, even though individuals have an incredible amount of, uh, of opinions in other areas, however, the message collectively experienced in the recovery are, is a fellowship. There's no opinions on anything but the program itself. In the, in our or what the literature and we all agree to it, the twelve traditions, the guidelines, the uh, steering committees, what they have come up with it, and and hammering down a meeting's guidelines. That that's why they're not easily changed. If they're changed, they're changed for that meeting. We don't have a book, so we have some different reading, or we have a new person, and we all need to concentrate on the new person and give our testimonies. Those are guidelines that have been hammered by the. Uh, representatives that have gone before us in the true sense of the word 
to the best of the ability, to the 12 concepts, the 12 traditions, and the 12 traditions, 12 steps. <laughs> Anonymity really is, the fact is that we're not here, but service is. We're not here, but common sense is, you know, and the spirit of service is our only aim to pass it to another person. You know, even though uh, arrogancy may creep in, you got to forgive us or we are fallible. And uh, at times we get into little scrapes, scraps, scrapes and all kinds of a uh, lot of discussion that really <clears throat> is unnecessary if we start with the guidelines first and uh, and write down what the solutions are. You know, we don't have to spend a whole hour explaining what the problems are. We all know what the problems are, but what are the solutions and who's going to pick up and what guidelines are going to be hammered out on that solution. For instance, uh, excessive talking or going over the five, three, three to five minute mark when we have a lot of people. You know, we usually have, have that. So we, we need a cowbell. We need a monitor, but no one steps up to the plate. And we can't seem to come into terms to the situation like that, but it's not that big of a deal because it doesn't come up too very often. Usually everybody is follows the Romans one step at a time. You know, the individual talks about three to five minutes and then I do the same thing and then the next person does. But once in a while, we'll have an old time member that says he can speak as long as he wants and he just likes to throw sand in the shell of the group. And by God's power, we make a pearl out of it. So everything is, thank you, God, for the situation. Thank you, God, for the supply. It's not here yet, but it will come. If we should have it, it will surely come. And that's my little spin on the uh, principle of, um, spiritual principle of anonymity. I said, anonymity means that we're so minute that we're not here. But our actions are here. They are representative. 